interviews and insights with the biggest names in Canadian baseball. This is the CBN Podcast. It wasn't always pretty this regular season, but it's the postseason now and that all gets erased and, and we start fresh now, Jackson. Well, it's a great time for a reset, Matt. Of course, uh, you know, if you, if you had a fantastic 162, but a not so great postseason, well, how many people will remember it and vice versa, right? If you had a disappointing regular season, but a monster postseason, well, I think I know which one fans will remember more. It's it's such a great time of year, you know, Matt, You as a fan, you spend the whole season the whole summer watching this team grind it out, and then it all comes down to three games. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean it's better than one uh, yes. the way it used to be. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so if you if you haven't clued in yet, this is a special postseason edition of the Canadian Baseball Network podcast. The Blue Jays and the Twins kick things off later this afternoon. Uh, we thank you for joining us. We're going to touch a little bit on every about everything in this series, um, in this episode. But you know, let's start with that. It's it, it really is feels like the new season, I and mean, it is a new season. Uh, one of the guys I think about uh, when you talk about forgetting about 162 is Dalton Varsho. Hmm. You know, he's been one of the hottest hitters. He's been one of the better hitter Jays hitters in the last few weeks um, and played a significant impact in getting them to this point. Um, and that's a perfect example of a guy that if he has a good postseason, no one's going to remember the last six months. Absolutely. And I think, too, for Varsho, you know, coming over new division, new team, new league, um, you know, it's, it was very much a fresh start for him here in Toronto this year. And I think we saw that on the field, especially at the plate. I think he, um, there was certainly an adjustment period. And I think he's had to make some adjustments with his swing, with his hands and things like that. Of course, Joe Siddle or someone like that could break that down better than I could. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he, of course, we, we know that defensively and the base running is top notch, right? And and he was one of the best outfield defenders in baseball this year, Um Ditto with base running as well, you know, right up there with the best in the league. So best in baseball, that is. So you've got to feel good about that. He's got a very high floor, Matt, especially when, you know, the little things matter in a three-game stretch. And Varsho does the little things well. Yeah, and I, we're going to jump around during this episode, talk about a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, they're going to need, you know what they say, that you need pitching, you need defense, you need timely hitting. If you can get that... Um, you can make a run and, and baseball, I think like any other sport, um, if you get in, you have a chance to win. You know, you, you see sometimes in hockey, the one versus eight seed when they used mm-hmm. to do that with the conferences, very rarely did that, did an eight seed make a run mm-hmm. baseball. There really isn't, I don't really see that Atlanta, I believe was a wildcard team. make it made a run. Um, so yeah, it, it really does feel more than any other sport, a fresh start come October. And, you know, you can look at even the last, let's say, 10 years, look at some World Series champions to make that point. I look at the Royals. Remember those teams in the mid-2010s? They weren't amazingly hitting teams. They had some power for sure, and they but what they have is great defense and a great bullpen. And, you know, in fact, the Royals, those those Royals teams were the ones that really pioneered that sort of movement to, to bigger bullpens and and a shorter leash on, on starters. But you could go further. You could look at the 2011 Cardinals as well. Um, there's a lot of teams throughout history, totally. And and it's, you don't have to be the best team to win the world series. You just kind of got to be the hottest team, you know? Yeah. That's you hit the nail on the head right there is, is get hot at the right time and anything can happen. Uh, and again, especially in baseball, we see it. You just listed off. We just listed off five examples of teams that got going at the right time. You can't tell me any of these teams can't beat anyone else in a, in a best of three, best of five or a best of seven. Well, and then that's it. And, and, Especially like when you when you consider the fact that it's not like 
you're going up against the the Yankee, the murderers row Yankees. You know what I mean? The Twins are a fine team. They're a good team. They also won 87 games in the American League Central, right? This is a team, like this is a series that, you know, um, is very evenly matched. And we're going to get into the, the nitty gritty of it here in a second. But, you know, like, especially in a series where, you know, it's going to be maybe come down to one error, one big hit, one pivotal mistake, one thrown out on the bases, whatever it is. Um, so it is a total reset. And because of that, it's, there's so many random elements that can happen, right? Well, I ran a poll yesterday on this series and how to get a pulse on how Blue Jays fans were feeling. Um, and the majority think the Blue Jays will win it in three games, which I think if, if I had to place money on it, which I, I, I wouldn't, um, that would be my guess as well. I, th- I think they are the better team slightly. I like the rotation. I like the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to me, that's two-thirds of the battle. If they can get some timely hitting from guys like Guerrero, Bichette, you know, Varsho like he has lately, uh, Springer, all that experience out of the leadoff spot. I think I give the slight edge to Toronto here. But, again, that doesn't – very rarely do do predictions pan out exactly as you see them. Yeah, and of course the Jays, you know, hitting better on the road this year than at home for whatever reason. And I, I think you look at the pitching matchup in both in games one and two. Um, I would say it's pretty much even, um, you know, between Gosman and Pablo Lopez should be in game one. I believe that's already been confirmed. Uh, Pablo Lopez in game one, you know, and and two fantastic arms, right? Two guys who might finish top five in Cy Young voting. Um this is, this is what the playoffs is all about, right? Best on best. And so, and then in game two, if you think of it, whether it's Bassett or Barrios versus Sonny Gray, I mean, those, all those matchups, pretty even, Matt. And so then it's going to come down to, like I said, those little things, but, you know, you really, I would give Toronto the edge as well, because I think in a third game, they would be better prepared than the Twins would be, right? In a third game, the Twins would likely have to go with Ryan, as their starter, whereas the Jays could go with either Barrios or Bassett. And if they struggle early, you bring in Kikuchi and or Ryu as well. Um, however, as we know, Matt, uh, the Jays have struggled to score runs off of quality righties this year. That's been a bit of a problem for them, hasn't it? Yeah. And and to touch on the pitching a little further, mm-hmm. uh, not, to, not to cause any panic among Blue Jays fans, but back in June, uh, Gosman wasn't overly good against the twins. They really were able to lay off a splitter down and, and make him elevate, elevate the ball. And they took advantage of it. Four and two thirds, seven hits, six earned runs. He walked four and struck out four. The Jays ended up winning the game seven, six. That was back at Rogers center. Um, but yeah, so a little bit of, uh, the twins are going to be feeling pretty good about going up against Kevin Gosman more than most people probably would. Yeah, and and you know when you think about the Twins, if you haven't watched much of the Twins this year, you'd think, oh well, they've got Correa and Buxton and a couple good guys up front and some heat in their bullpen. Cool, I know all about them. Well, that's really not been the case this year. Buxton's been hurt; he hasn't played in the outfield at all. Correa has had his the worst season of his career and has been hurt. And so then you look around, and you think, well, then who's been carrying the mail? It's been the young guys, right? It's been Edward Julian, one of our favorites. It's been Royce Lewis when he's healthy. He's been amazing. And this Matt Walner, who, boy, I mean, it's, it's a lot of splits, right? But uh, he's he's certainly uh, been able to – he's got a lot of power. Let's put it that way. In 76 games, Walner, uh, certainly not a household name by any means, has an 877 OPS and 14 home runs. He's put up almost 2F war in 76 games. 
Um, again, these are guys who, like I said, when you think of the Twins, you don't think of, especially in their lineup. They had 12 hitters with double-digit home run totals, Matt. The Jays had eight. And the Jays, like, again, if you look at the lineups, you might think the Jays have more star power. Well, that was the way this team was initially built. So it's interesting you mentioned some of those guys that have been hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Correa, Lewis, Buxton have all been hurt. So uh, Do Young Park and Keegan Mathis in front of the show, who was on an episode early in September, kind of previewing the stretch run, they did kind of a, a combined preview of this series. So, and in it, nothing's been confirmed. Rosters don't have to be set until 10 a.m. the day of the first game. But the Twins lineup, According to them, projected Edward Julian, Jorge Polanco, Royce Lewis, Max Kepler, Carlos Correa is in there, Alex Kirilov, Matt Walner, who you were just speaking about, Ryan Jeffers, and Michael A. Taylor. So there is no Correa is in. There's no Buxton. No Buxton. Which is a huge missing piece. Another good defender that's not out there. Um, So that could make a significant impact in a short series. You think about Buxton, especially defensively, his impact in the outfield. Um, just on the bases as well. He's got some power. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think a guy in Buxton who has been like, I don't know, like, especially because the, the Jays or the, the Twins have such a postseason winless drought, right? I believe it's 18 now. And I look at a guy like Buxton, and I think Buxton is kind of, he's kind of been there for a while. He's kind of been that guy that you rally around. You know what I mean? If you're a Twins fan, more so than other guys, Correa has been more recent. Lopez and Gray, obviously much more recent. And they're not necessarily stars the way that Buxton might be as a position player. You know, he's a high draft pick. He, he's been the man, you know, but through injuries and, and and inconsistent play, he's had a really interesting career. But it does feel a little disappointing is the word, Matt, to see a guy like that who's been so important to that franchise not be able to get on the field uh, due to help. That does sting, even as a, you know, if, if we're talking to fans primarily of the Jays who may think that that's a benefit, it still sucks just as a baseball fan, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a star player when he's on the field and he's and he's performing so it's good news for blue jays fans sucks for baseball fans as a whole but so it's it's going to be a big hole in their lineup there's no doubt about he can't go um who knows what correa and lewis will produce they've been battling injuries so um on that front it looks kind of promising i guess is promising is not really the right word to use when, when people are injured but um hopefully the jays can take advantage of it from their perspective Ooh, and then with Gosman and Bassett, they should be feeling pretty good in games one and two. As far as the Jays lineup, Keegan Matheson ran that down as well, uh, his projection. So not much surprising here. Springer, Bell, Guerrero, Bichette, Biggio, Kirk, Kiermaier, Chapman, Barshaw. So you're looking at lefties. You just spoke about how they struggle to hit right-handed, good right-handed pitching. You got lefties in Varsho, Kiermaier, Biggio, and Belt. So four lefties in that lineup projected by Keegan Matheson. Yeah, no surprises for the Jays there. Um, it's interesting they're sticking with, of course, Belt hitting second and Bichette fourth. Again, we'll see how Schneider sees things. He might just keep them the same way. I, I don't mind that. I think that if you look at these two lineups, the Jays and the Twins, they're pretty even, right? Like there's not a lot to separate them. But I think the one thing that does separate these two teams is home runs. Like the Twins can hit home runs. You might, you look at that lineup, like we were just talking, you know, those guys like Jorge Polanco and, you know, their 789 is Walner, Jeffers, and Michael A. Taylor, right? So again, you might not think that they hit a ton of home runs. Well, they hit the third most home runs in Major League Baseball this year. You know, the only two teams who hit more home runs than them are the Dodgers and the Braves, right? And I mean, the Braves are just a different, on a different galaxy right now. But the point is, this team has some sneaky power. They have a lot of guys who can provide that power. And because of that, 
they're a scary team one through nine. And you talk about Gosman struggles. Like that would certainly have you a little nervous, right? Again, Gosman is a elite starter. I'm sure that I, I doubt he'll have that same line again that he had um, last time out against the Twins when he got lit up. But again, it does make you you think because these two teams are structured in a similar way as well, aside from the home runs, in the sense that they're both very good defensively, right? Um, both lineups have like, you look at the center fielders, Taylor and Kiermaier, I mean, pff, both fantastic center fielders. Okay. Correa, we know what he is at shortstop. Bichette has really improved defensively as a shortstop. And we look at catcher Jeffers and Kirk, also two fantastic defensive catchers. So the premium positions up the middle, they're all covered on both sides of the dime. And you look around, I mean, Polanco has been around forever. He can play all over the field. Julian, you wouldn't, maybe that's the biggest weakness in Julian's game right now is his glove. But aside from that, you know, you, you do look, we we've talked about the Jays and how good defensively they've been. They've had the best defensive outfield this year in baseball up the middle. You feel really good. They're constructed in similar ways, Matt. And yet it does feel that the twins have a lineup advantage on paper. It may not seem like it. It's, it's the home runs for me. I think yeah. people love to talk about manufacturing runs in the postseason. That's great to be able to do that too, but you gotta be able to hit home runs in the postseason. It's timely hitting. It's the, you know, it's the, striking big when you can uh and, and yet i think what's concerning maybe for some blue jays fans is not everyone these guys aren't exactly household names of some of these guys yet in in the twins lab edward julian has, has obviously busted on the scene but he's not you know he's not a proven veteran you look at guys like matt walner you just mentioned ryan jeffers had 14 home runs michael a taylor i was just looking at it had 21 home runs and 355 yeah. at bats i mean a couple of those guys go off for a couple of games and you're in, you're in real trouble. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the way the Jays have struggled to score runs this year and struggled to hit with runners in scoring position at times, if they hit one of those funks against a Pablo Lopez and a Sonny Gray, this thing could be over before you, you know, you blink an eye, not to, not to bring the negativity, but that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. If I was totally, and there's of course, two sides to the coin as in many things in life, you could look at it and say, it'd be nervous, right? Gosman, his issues against them. And, and, you know, even if, if it's Barrios pitching, you know, in his old ballpark against his old team, who knows, right. Uh, I'm sure he, I mean, he's a pro and it's been a few years now, but still, you know, that's, that's, that's an interesting little wrinkle for sure. A little interesting storyline. But you look at the twins. One thing I guess to provide optimism is that they were played in the worst division in baseball this year. And it wasn't close. They won 87 games. They won the division. Second place was Detroit at 78 wins. Okay. Six games below 500. Okay. The idea that it also featured two 100 lost teams in the White Sox and the Royals. So we do know one thing, and that's the Jays throughout the regular season were much more battle tested. We know that they had a much harder schedule. We know that they were in the toughest division in baseball and one of the toughest divisions in baseball history, at least, especially in the first half. It's really, really interesting to me that dynamic, Matt, and how the Jays go on the road. Minnesota has home field advantage and the Jays won two more games than the twins this year. I find that to be an interesting little wrinkle too. The twins have a plus 119 run differential. The Jays just plus 75. Of course, again, we have to factor in competition there. I would look at that and provide some optimism to Jays fans as well. Not to say that that means the twins are an easy team to beat as we've just been talking about. They're legit. They're a really good club, but certainly not a powerhouse and certainly someone that you comfortable with. I think going up in this, at this point of the, of the postseason. Fall training has arrived, and the Baseball Zone has you covered. 
They offer hitting, fielding, and pitching clinics for all ages. Now, if you want to add more technology to your training, try out their specialized advanced clinics. And if you want smaller instruction, their semi-private clinics might be what you're looking for. Well, TBZ has something for everyone. Check out their website at thebaseballzone.ca or go give them a visit at 1081 Bravic Place, Mississauga, Ontario, near the 401 and Dixie Road exit. Yeah, and I think we spoke about this a few months, uh, mm-hmm. about a month ago on one of our podcasts. Is is and I said, and I said, and I, I might have to eat my words here that you know, finishing third in the wild card is not necessarily the worst thing because you would get the Minnesota Twins. Over the last few weeks, I thought the Jays lined up matched up pretty well with the Rays, to be honest with you. Um, but here we are with Minnesota. <laughs> you know, I think. It's it's in a best of three again. It's better than the best the, the one game because that literally anything can happen there. A big thing for this series as well is the Jays bullpen is much better than anything we've seen over the last decade at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a a three point six eight the eighth best ER bullpen ERA and an OERA is you know not necessarily the best stat, um, but the Twins were fifteenth, and if you can. Th- put Kikuchi in the bullpen. If he kind of figures it out down there, you can really shorten it. You can shorten the game without Kikuchi as well. I mean, you got Mays and Cabrera to face the lefties, uh, deep in the game with the game line, you got Swanson, Hicks, and Romano. That's that's really all you need. Chad Green in the as best well. of three series. Chad Green. Um, I'm going to guess Hunjin Ryu is not on this postseason roster. I wouldn't be surprised if even Kikuchi was not on this postseason roster, depending on how they see it mapping yeah. out in the best of three. But the Jays can really shorten the game behind Gosman and Bassett. Not mm-hmm. that they hope they certainly hope they don't need to, um, but they definitely can. So that's going to be a, a big factor in this is, you know, how do these bullpens play out and how do they match up against each other? Well, look, we saw a real change from the Jays this year, going from a team that is focused on run scoring to a team that's primarily focused on run prevention. Keegan mentioned it on our, on our show. He's mentioned it a bunch over the last month or so. This is a team that's designed to protect a lead. They're not necessarily designed to make a big comeback, right? Because they don't they they don't hit for a lot of power. So between holding a lead versus coming back in a game, you'd much rather be holding a lead if you're the Jays. And that would set up well for them, considering, like you mentioned, their bullpen can really shorten a game. Their starters are no slouches either. Again, you might only need five or six innings from Gosman later today. You might only need five, six innings from Bassett. I say only in the playoffs. That's a lot in the playoffs nowadays. Uh, the game has sure changed a lot in the last 10 years or so, but certainly something to keep an eye on there. I like the Jays bullpen better than the twins. We've seen the Jays bullpen more. The twins have a lot of converted starters in their bullpen, which can work, but there's a lot of unproven arms back there. Now they have Duran and he's elite and he's one of the best arms in the game for sure. Ninth inning though, you're down by a couple runs. You don't want to be that in that position anyways. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. yes, he might come into the eighth inning earliest. But like, ideally, you get to the team before that, right? That's the way the Twins can shorten the game. But I think, like you mentioned, I think the Jays shorten the game better than the Twins do. Will that matter? We'll see. But if the Jays have a lead, I'd feel a lot comfortable being 8-1 up on the Twins this year than the Mariners last year, Matt. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. And I think, again, hit the nail on the head with getting the lead early because then this comes back to the lack of power displayed by this lineup is there's this team can't wait around for the three run home run, right? Like they have in years past. If you, if you get, get in the lead early, especially on the road, you, you go out, they've lost 18 straight postseason games. Not that that matters to this specific team. They don't care. Um, 
most of these guys weren't around. Yeah. I remember that dating back to when I was a kid and they were getting beat up at Yankee stadium. So yeah. not that that matters, but the, the fans know that. Right. And the fans are hungry for, to, to see this team succeed. So getting up early, letting Gosman settle in and get us to this bullpen, you got to feel really good. But if you fall behind against Pablo Lopez or Sonny Gray, you're going to be in trouble. So, and that power is not there necessarily to save you like it has been in years past. So much of the game comes down to scoring first, right? I'm sure there's a good style on it in the postseason. I don't have it. Someone like Arden's Welling would know it off the top of his head. Like, the, the percentage of teams in the playoffs in the last two years or so who score first, who end up winning the game, probably pretty high, especially because of the way bullpens are used now, right? Yeah. And because, look, let's be honest, like the Twins are more set up to come back than the Jays are in a game. I'm not talking about like the home field stuff. I'm talking about the fact that they hit a lot of home runs and they have guys one through nine who can pop one out, right? Yeah. And they have a, their lineup is structured well in the sense they have a good balance of speed and power as well. And, I'm not saying the Jays don't. Jays have a ton of speed too. What I'm saying is I think the Twins can come back from a crooked number a lot quicker and a lot likelier than the Jays can. Now, that that might not matter. Maybe the Jays go up 3 nothing and cruise in, in game one. We'll see. Yeah, that's definitely something, you know, you watch this uh, watching this team over the course of the last six months, uh, a 2 nothing deficit can sometimes feel like 5 or 6 yeah. with this team because there's not the – it's sometimes it's taken three hits to score her on two hits mm-hmm. to score her on instead of that, you know, three run home run um, to get them back in the game. So yeah, I think, I think scoring her first is, is, is critical um, and getting to, to Lopez and Sonny Gray um, and giving Gosman and Bassett that chance to settle down. I will say um, one thing to note is that Pablo Lopez is not playoff tested. He's not some ironclad playoff performer, you know, who's on his way to the hall of fame. This is a guy who can be beat. Um, he's a good pitcher. He's a very good pitcher. Like I said, might finish top five in Cy Young voting. He ain't Randy Johnson. This is a guy who, and same thing with Sonny Gray. Both good arms, both solid arms, right? There's a reason they're here, totally. If you deserve to move on, you can get to these guys. The reason why I think the Jays will win this series is the starters. I think they have the better starters. I think if it goes game three even, then you have Jose Barrios against mm-hmm. Joe Ryan. I still like Barrios. Me too. Um, I like Bassett. Uh, I, I probably mm, Sonny Gray's had a really good year, but you know, so is ba- so is Chris Bassett, two hundred innings for the first time in his career. Um, and I like Gosman. Obviously, how can you not like Gosman in Game One? So I like their their starters. I like their bullpen better, um, but I do like the Twins lineup better. So I go with the good hitting beats good pitching. So that's why I think the Jays will win this series. But yeah, like you said, the, you know, Pablo Lopez. He's not you know he's not Cy Young. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not Nolan Ryan, you know. You just like you said. So it's uh, that, and and another thing, I think that's why it's important to score first yeah. on the road. Get to Pablo Lopez, see what he's kind of made of in a playoff situation where he hasn't really been before. Um, is going to be important. I, I would say also the flip side with like uh, Gosman and Bass and Barrios, like it's not like they're also Cy Young or anything. Then my point is, I think that we tend to, because of the way the Jays offense has performed this year, it'd be really easy to build these two guys up, Lopez and Gray, and say, oh, the Jays struggled against these X pitchers. There's been a lot of them throughout the year. And they've struggled to hit home runs. How are they going to do it against two aces? Well, I mean, they can, right? They Baseball's a funny sport. And like I, I've been saying, like my point is if you get to them early, there's no saying what can happen. And maybe Lopez goes out there and he doesn't have them tomorrow or t- uh, later today. 
maybe Greg was out there tomorrow and and doesn't have it. You never know. Uh, same thing could apply with Gosman and Bassett, especially Gosman, given what we've seen. Well, I think that's just a general sense of the entire year. Is yeah. you, I think whenever you follow a team closely, you always have these maybe a little bit unrealistic expectations about mm-hmm. what other teams can do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some Minnesota fans sitting over on the other side looking at Bassett and Gosman thinking, oh, crap, as they probably should be. It's a little bit of an unknown, too. Like We haven't watched Pablo Lopez all year. You haven't watched Joe Ryan all year. You haven't totally. watched Sonny. You just look at the numbers, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a. I feel like there's a little bit of a tendency when fans get nervous about a series like this that they start to overhype guys yeah. and then really – take away from what the Jays lineup can do. Yeah. And the Jays could go out there and put up 10 runs in two games and, and walk, stroll their way to Houston, you know? So we sit here and talk about all these different things. We break down the rotation, we break down the bullpen, we break down the lineups and we have no idea. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the beauty about the, the sport, especially. So that's what makes it so exciting. All you can do is just put yourself in the best spot to succeed. I think the Jays have done that, especially in the playoffs, you know, solid rotation, especially the top end. Some guys in the lineup, a nice mix of guys in the lineup who can get on base, who can hit, although the power is still their issue. But you do look at these two teams, Matt, and then the back of the bullpen having some heat as well. They're really similar. Like they're they're really, really similar. Like the lineups are constructed similarly. They're even their issues they face this year. Like their best players maybe not being their best players, right? Like Correa hasn't really been good. Disappointing. Vladdy, not that they've been bad, just not what you expect right? Yeah. The twins had the easiest division in baseball, so they're not battle tested. I'm sure their fans are thinking that too, right? That might be the biggest, like on Minnesota talk radio today, I think one of the biggest conversations being had is the the level of competition difference. The Jays were in the hardest division in baseball. The twins were in the easiest. Okay. And so that's one thing to look at in a vacuum and say, well, you would probably give the Jays a nod there. Uh, and again, like you said, Matt, we we tend to focus, hyper-focus too much. But the way I see it, these two teams are really evenly matched. And, yeah. and I think it's going to be fantastic baseball. I think it's going to come down to game three, though. I do. I think too many too many fans look for a reason that the team's going to lose as opposed to when they're going to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's just a general thing about fans. It's like, yeah. oh, like we hadn't hit with runners in scoring position certain times this year. What if we do that? What if they do that again? Uh-huh. You know, we got Sonny Gray. We got Pablo Lopez. Well, look what you do have. It's close to a coin flip this series. And that's, that's why I'm personally excited about, and this is why Jays and twins fans should be excited about the possibility of winning this series. The uh, season series, I believe was split three, three and they haven't played each other since like June. So yeah, that Gosman game, I think was the last, last yeah. game between them. I remember like Biggio had that big three run home run against them. And that's, that was the last series against them. So it's been a while. And so it's hard to really look at that season series and draw much aside from the fact that they're pretty evenly matched. Oh, and by the way, this team hasn't won a playoff game since 2004. You know what I mean? Like that is a good stat to put out, especially in a market that has the Toronto Maple Leafs. We should know a thing or two about playoff curses and how real they can in fact be. Again, though, a reason to be pessimistic would be the fact that the Jays have not won a playoff game. And all of a sudden, their little playoff streak is also rather long. They haven't won a playoff game since 2016. Not as bad, but not great. Yeah, I mean, I could, yeah, I just, you could give three positives and three negatives just looking at the rotations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's it's truly is very evenly matched. Um, the the thing that should worry you the most, like we spoke about, was the power. I think what should you should be most excited and most confident with 
is the pitching for the Blue Jays side. That bullpen, they can shorten the game. They have, you know, one thing that I did notice though, I was at the game on Saturday, hoping, you know, where they could have clinched and didn't lost no lost in extra innings. Romano pitched the eighth. Yeah. And Hicks pitched the ninth. So that's something to keep an eye on. And Romano struggled a little bit of late. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think he's your guy. Um, but that's but that shows the confidence they have in some of these guys in the bullpen where they can roll out Hicks in the eighth, Hicks in the ninth, Romano in the eighth, Ron in the ninth. That's not mentioning Swanson, Mesa, all these guys. So I think that's where I keep going back to looking at this series and thinking the Jays have the slight upper hand. And not just the series, but like moving forward, right? Like they have they have the ingredients. Yeah. Let's be honest, Matt. And Keegan said this, and I liked when Keegan said this on our show. You don't move the goalposts in terms of expectations based on how the team played, right? The team was expected to win the division or at least compete for that. They did not. Part of that was because Baltimore really exceeded expectations. Part of that was because the Jays didn't play Baltimore very well. And also because the Jays underwhelmed. They did not score as many runs as expected. But that can all completely change in the next two weeks. I can that can honestly change in the next three days because if right. they win this series, they're in the ALDS, like just like they would have been if they won the division. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's really that's what you gotta be. That's the best part about this this part of the year, right? As a baseball fan, is that like you were talking about, we see the ups and downs of this team over 162. And it all comes down to three damn games, right? Like it's you learn you take the largest sample sizes you could with guys. And then you say, okay, now we're going to put them in a best two of three. Good luck. It's really interesting. And it was even more pronounced with the one game series. I do look at, I look at the rest of the American league too. And I think, man, like it's wide open. Like it's wide open. There's no Braves or Dodgers. Both of them are on the other side and they're going to beat each other up. It's crazy. Like you would say Houston, right? Or maybe Baltimore. Those would be your two probably favorites because of the one and two seeds. Houston has the experience. Baltimore had a great season in the toughest division. The Jays held the tiebreaker over the Astros. They don't yes. feel about that. And like, again, none of these teams are world beaters. So what my point is, yes, it's been a very underwhelming year. But if you're a Jays fan, boy, is there a lot to look forward to. It could be over in 48 hours or it, it could be the most exciting month of baseball in this country in the last 10 years. The one thing is, though, if they don't win this series, and Whoa. this is, I feel confident saying that it is a failure of a season. There's Big no, time. there's zero doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Like, as you mentioned, that like Keegan said, you don't move the goalposts. Losing the wildcard round is not acceptable to this franchise. And I would expect some changes to come if they don't. If they do win it and lose to Houston, that's probably a little bit more tolerable yep. for this fan base. But losing this series is not. There's a lot of pressure on this team to get to win this series. Yeah, I saw some people saying, oh, I guess Atkins and Schneider are safe. Maybe. I don't know. I think if they had gone further last year, maybe. But they haven't They haven't won a playoff game uh, with this, we've talked about it, with this new core, right? Atkins technically has won a playoff game, but it was Anthopolis' team, just being honest. No disrespect to Ross Atkins. That's just how it was. Uh, to me, you got to get to at least the ALCS to, to consider it a – you know, a successful season. This team was picked by many to win the best division in baseball. Yeah. And still won 89 games, still very respectable, but you can't you can't bow out early in, a, in the playoffs. They've been to the ALCS in the last decade. This this generation of fans has seen this before. They know what to expect. This isn't like when they made the playoffs in 2015 and no one knew it was it was all new. And if they won one game, you know, a lot of people would have been happy. That's not the case anymore. The case is to win. 
Um, there's holes with every single one of these teams. We could go through them all. We won't today, but we could and, and pick apart these rosters and there's holes in all of them. So the goal here is to, to win this series. And I think Jays fans expect that. Yeah, I, I, totally. And, and all the more reason to, you know, watch these games with a, I guess just like a sense of graciousness because we've seen, we're starting to see maybe the window is changing with this team. Springer, he's getting older. You know what I mean? The rotation, guys in the rotation are big money and getting older. This might be the best season Bassett ever has moving forward. Same thing with Gosman. It really is now. Now in the next year or two, Gosman, Bassett, Springer, you mentioned. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen with money for Vladdy and Bichette. Bichette's obviously gone. locked up a little bit. Chapman's going to be gone if he doesn't. I think they'll give him a qualifying offer, whether sure. he takes it or not. Yeah. You know, who knows? But yeah, there's there's going to be some retooling that needs to be done in the offseason. And this is this is probably one of the last kicks at the can for this core specifically. Yeah, they've had enough kicks, I think. And this is a pivotal moment for them, for the front office, for the team, for everybody. This is for the players themselves, for Vlad and Bo. Everybody will be under a microscope. But if they lose, you know, this series, again, depending on how they lose it, but that really doesn't matter at this point, to be honest. Like, you, yeah, I you, mean, to me, they had that mulligan last year, Matt. Yeah, you look at 2020, they made the playoffs kind of a surprise, that short yeah, pandemic whatever. season. Yeah. 2021, they they were out on the final day of the season. Last should have made year, it. Should have made it. Last year, they they lose in heartbreaking fashion, blowing an 8-1 lead to Seattle. You don't get too many more of those. Yeah. There's no moral victories anymore. Getting to the playoffs isn't good enough. You know, putting up a good fight isn't good enough. Losing in three games in this series isn't good enough. Uh, it, there comes a point in time in every franchise and every rebuilding process, not that they're re- rebuilding up till this point in that process, that you kind of get what's coming to you if you don't win. It's look time at, to put up or shut up for, for this group of players. We look at other teams who've done similar rebuilds. The, the Jays weren't quite as scorched earth. Houston got their world two World Series. One of them with with an unofficial asterisk. Still, Cubs got their World Series. You know, Boston doesn't really rebuild, but they've had a few retools. They've had their World Series championships too. Okay? Baltimore wins the division. Baltimore has this year at least passed the Jays after losing hundred games a couple of years ago. Again, they could also, by the way, lose in the ALDS. But we just you look around. I think Jays fans are also maybe a little the Braves as well. You put the Braves in there, obviously, and what they've done. I think Jays fans are maybe a little, okay, like when's our turn, you know, when's our turn to really go on that run. And to be fair, we always haven't done it yet. My point is like a lot of these teams over the last 10 years who had these rebuilds and had these generational talents come up, they performed. Brian and Rizzo won a world series in Chicago, Correa and Springer and Altuve got it done in Houston. Uh, cheating once not cheating the other <laughs> as far as we know my point you know what, you know what i mean though you could look at other teams throughout boston did it multiple times although they're obviously very different how they run their team but my point is you have these two great players it's time for something to give and you have right? the veterans around them in gosman bassett yeah uh burrios chapman i'm probably missing somebody yeah. you know those guys aren't going to perform at the level that they're performing now forever. I'm not saying this is the only year and the window's closed. Absolutely not. And this team's going to probably continue to add for years to come. You know, you can't guarantee you're going to get in the playoffs every year. You know, like look at some of the teams that, that missed out on the, look at the Padres, look at the Mets. Yeah. Like that could be the Jays next year. So when you get in Seattle, Seattle, when you get in, you have to capitalize on it because you don't know how many kicks of the can you're going to get. 
totally. And so, and this just, that all compounds so much more. And you dig into it further. I mean, you know, they already fired Montoyo, put Schneider in. You know what I mean? Like Atkins, I think, is out of uh, levers to pull. So again, like is, I think that they've done a good job this year. I find it hard to blame Atkins and Shapiro for the fact that so many guys have had underwhelming seasons. But alas, I can blame Atkins and Shapiro for... Uh, not delivering a playoff win to this team since 2016. I can, I think yeah. I, that's fair at this point, especially depending on what happens in the series. That's why, Matt, this is so pivotal. But think about it this way. If this same organization with the same history was in New York or Boston or Chicago or other big market other than Toronto, they would be getting carved already and there would be so much pressure to win. Like if this was the Yankees, could you imagine if the Yankees had Bichette and Guerrero and hadn't won a playoff game in that era yet, people are losing their minds. People are losing their minds that the Yankees haven't won a right. World Series since 2009. <laughs> oh, they, they haven't won at all, which is the hard, one of the hardest things to do in yeah. sports, win a championship. And they get crucified on a daily basis that they haven't won one in 14 years. The Jays haven't won yeah. one in 30. Yeah. Because it's hard. Because it's, it's hard. hard. Yeah. It's not that that's a, you know, you can't always base all of your success on winning a championship, but in sports, that's what you do, right? That, that's what fans want. That's why they pay their money to buy tickets. That's why you go out and get all these players. So as we talk through this discussion about this series, the, the pressure is mounting in my, in my mind for this team. I think, so. I think, I think this is a huge moment in the trajectory of this franchise, potentially. Boston just fired Hyeen Bloom, who had done a, it, they had they not they've won more playoff games more recently than the Jays. You know what I mean? And I know the expectations are different. And I know they're very different teams and all that stuff. My point is, uh, the success though has been different in that the, the Red Sox have gone deep in the playoffs, right? In the last handful of years and during the Bloom era as well. The Jays have never done that during the real Atkins era post 2016. And yet Atkins keeps his job, Bloom doesn't. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes, right? Keegan talked about the whole succession-like drama that happens. If we were in a different market, the conversation would be a lot more, I think, direct and a lot more need to win now, guys. Otherwise, we're blowing out the whole operation. Yeah, and I think that changes will come if they don't win this series. There's no doubt about that. They may come even if they lose in the ALDS. Mm. Um, I think a deep playoff run here. They, this is now their, what, fourth season? They made the playoffs three of the last four years. Yep. Haven't got past the wild card round. Nope. Lost Go on the time. final day of the season. Lost out on the final day of the season. Like, Four years for a team to make the playoffs and not win a not win a game. That's not acceptable to people. And all the powerhouses except Houston are bad. Like the Yankees and Red Sox are down right now. The White Sox are down right now. These big market teams, again, aside from Houston, there's so much opportunity. Baltimore is young and unproven. Houston is great, but they just won last year. They've been hurt. Do they do it again? Minnesota hasn't won since 2004. Like, <laughs> it's wide open. And it just, yeah. like, there needs to be more emphasis on the fact that, like, you have to do something this year, not just in this series, but moving forward. Fans have been waiting to embrace this team, like 2015 and 16, but they it's haven't been able they, to. It's like they want to. Exactly. It's like they want to, but they just haven't, they haven't given them anything yeah. to embrace them like they should be. They don't make comebacks. They don't score runs. They don't hit home runs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Playing good defense and great pitching isn't always great fan fodder. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and 
having an expectation of winning the division and then falling. I don't know how many games back they finished, but it was like over 10. That can all be erased now. And that's the beautiful part about it. But it's like they're just the fans are grasping and, and this is an opportunity for them to give them something to get, hold on to. It's going to be lots of fun, Matt. Um, and I, you know, I just, this is just the best time of year. Obviously, just as a fan of the game, you love it. All these other series going on are so great. I think this Jays twin series is the best series in this wild card uh, round, to be honest, because it's so evenly matched and because the stakes are so high for both clubs. Remember, we just talked, we spent a long time talking about, you know, if the Jays lose this, if the twins lose this series, they're going to have a lot of questions too, right? I mean, their streak continues. They won their division this year. When is their good division ever going to be easier than it was this year? They have the Jays at home. I mean, both teams, this is a huge series for both teams. And I think that's why it's so exciting, Matt. Yeah, it's it's I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, 4:38 p.m. Eastern time today. And and game two is the same, same game time and game three as well. Uh, unless certain things change. But uh, we talk about all this and, and the the best and worst part about this conversation is we have no idea i think that's what makes uh it so nerve-wracking for fans but we're going to find out and we're going to find out in the next 48 to 72 hours um what this team is capable of and and where they're going to go and it could be an interesting off season if they don't win it's going to be an exciting run if they do so we appreciate you taking the time to listen to listen to this postseason special canadian baseball network podcast until next time talk soon Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out Canadian Baseball Network for extensive and comprehensive coverage of the latest in Canadian baseball. And The Baseball Zone, Canada's leading instructional baseball academy and training home to thousands of MLB, pro, college, and youth baseball players.